Sports podcast, and uh, the voice you're going to hear on the other end of this, serving as my co-host, might be familiar to some of you. Some of you have complained that you've missed this voice, this combination, for a while in the last year or so, and it's none other than Jeff Erickson. What's going on, dude? Hey, good to talk to you uh, on your on your platform. You've been coming on the XM show like once a week, and it's been cool, but it's a lot cooler to be able to have a longer conversation. I, I guarantee you more people come to me and say they miss you on the XM show than they come to you saying they miss me, though. I bet you. Oh, you have no idea, Jeff. Thousands. The only emails I ever get these days. That's, that's the only email I ever receive. If they can even actually in, find your email address, yeah. <laughs> even in my personal life, I don't get an email anymore. It's only about you. And I get it on Twitter, too. But um, yeah, so we're not doing the XM show anymore. I got out of that sinking ship while I had a chance. No, it was, <laughs> I, I miss it a little bit. I, I don't miss having to be in a place at a time every, you know, four days a week uh, right. without fail. And what I really don't miss is when I'm traveling and I got to like scramble and be like, oh, is there, you know, 30 megabytes up and down at this place? And, you know, does this Airbnb have this? I hate Airbnb, but we did have a couple of Airbnbs at one point. You know, how am I going to figure out how to, you know, host the show with the codec and drag it to LA and like figure out in the morning, like, you know, it was, it was a bit, you know, it was, it was a great thing, this opportunity to have like a national audience. And that was really cool. Um, but it was also like a serious burden, right? Because XM takes it kind of seriously. Of course, of course. They, they and they, they, ha- they want to make it sound like you're in the studio. I get all of that, but yeah, it's a total hassle, especially for you living the life of luxury in Portugal, wine sipping, gallivanting across the globe, across the continent, at least. But why do you hate Airbnb? Uh, you know, most of them are just kind of dingy. Like, they, you know, they're cleaned, but they're like not deep cleaned. And if you like go into the cabinet to get a pot or a pan out, there's like some grease still on the pan usually. And like, it's always like cheap shit, like cheap furniture, cheap pots and pans, cheap silverware, because your Airbnb in your place, you're not going to get nice stuff. It's going to get destroyed. So there's always that kind of worn purposely worn purposely shitty kind of like you know when you're in college and your dorm like the common room like how disgusting it was because like (laughs) it's it's not anybody's responsibility to really take care of it so it's Mm -hmm. just like you know it's just disgusting with people putting their disgusting smelly sweaty feet up on you know the couch and you know there's there's i don't know 50 or 100 people in your dorm you know sharing that room um i feel it's kind of like a college dorm you know these these airbnbs so um, and then you I need just to think, give them a rating on that. So people know, I mean, you know, I, it, it's like, they're all kind of like that, unless you want to spend more money than I'm willing to spend. And then, um, and then the other thing is, it's just like, they take such a big cut, you know, all these like companies like Uber and Airbnb that are like, Oh, look, here's some software. And we'll take like 30% of the actual product, the driver and everything else, or the, the host and the house. Um, just cause we have software where you can connect to other people who actually want the product. It's, it's just such a, it's a shit, it's just a shit company. It's just a shit setup. Like it's bullshit. They should get like 3%, you know, and because it's, it's just like a network effect. They're, they're not, that's all they're really doing. So, um, yeah. So anyway, but, but I did try to go to Airbnbs and there was always an issue with the, uh, the upload speeds of the, so I couldn't host my show and I had to like drive somewhere random to do it. It was always a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the thing is, I, I rarely did that when I travel, I travel, I don't host, you know, that, that's just kind of the way I do that. But I mean, you're, you're doing a lot more traveling and you have that opportunity where you live now and able to see a lot of the continent and all that. So that's pretty darn cool. I haven't, you know, I haven't really availed myself when I travel around. Uh, I, I I'm just, I'm off on those days, yeah. period. 
Yeah, talk about life of leisure, you know. I'm always working, you know, even when I'm traveling. And you just I just don't travel as much as you. That's yeah. the problem. It's really, you know, it's good, but Heather, it's calmed down a little bit, but it, at one point it was like she just became addicted to booking these trips, you know, and it was just like airplanes, airports, all that shit, you know, that I hate, you know, but it's been good. I can't complain too much. Um, all right, let's talk a little football. Um, so I'll just start. I, I told Derek, so I, I said to Derek uh, Bouchard, I said, uh, said listen uh, because i can't uh i can't it won't let me pay in portugal like because you know the won't let you take money and i'll be like oh can you can you ding my credit card and set me up and he was like yeah no problem but we'll comp you if you talk about it so i would have talked about it anyway so i was like snap called that offer right um so i want to talk about the uh nffc contest do you have an entry in that i'm sure you do i do i just got it actually um i I, i'm gonna be talking about it with greg on the show tonight so yeah, and I'm actually doing my first baseball also. I'm doing a couple of NFC 50s. I did one gladiator, you know, one of those where you I just heard about draft those. 23 players and you're done. Uh, but I also I, I did get an entry in the NFFC postseason hold'em contest. So looking forward to doing that. Yeah, so I'm I, I'll just I don't really care if someone copies me. I mean, I will if like it's you know, I have to split the money because somebody copied me, but yeah, free I'm money. Just, again. Yeah. I, I already spent the 150k. Um, but I don't even want to talk about, I've talked about it in my other podcasts, the disaster of the last week. I didn't want to Ugh. get into it. If I started dimes over Lawrence, I win like 7,500. But the truth is like, if that game doesn't get canceled, it doesn't matter. So it's like, yeah, if I did this, I would have won, but only because of this, right. which really, you know, I mean, there were so many people that would have been ahead of me if, if they had had those players going. So it's, it's kind of a stupid, what if anyway, but, um, but I'm actually, and you might like this or you might not, but I'm actually presuming it's a Bengals Niners Super Bowl. But, but, then there, but then I actually set my lineup and there's a problem with that and we'll get into that. But I'm like, okay, I'm going to say it's Bengals Niners. And the reason I chose those teams, the Niners might be actually the most popular team in the- uh, They are so NFC. chalk. Yeah. So chalk. Jim Coventry does our postseason rankings now and he's got Niners on top of everyone. He's, he's the, he has them as the only team winning four games or playing four games. Uh, you know, it, it's super chalky. Everybody thinks that they're going to beat the Eagles now. Maybe not everybody, but they're, they're definitely like the upset everybody wants to pick, but it's not really so, an upset. So our bet, I got, the, I probably have been good right now with those those four teams, the yeah. Bengals, Chiefs, Bills, and Niners. That's like what you wanted to have. I mean, obviously the Eagles are probably odds-wise slightly favored because the buy, you know, I mean, there's there's mm-hmm. got to be like a 15%, 20%, you know, 15% chance that Seahawks win. It's just football, of course. So that's just a risk that the Niners have in, the, in round one. But, um, but then I went to set the lineups, and it's actually tricky because I was like, all right, well, I'll use Jamar Chase and I'll use Christian McCaffrey because I'm going to do a Bengals-Niners Super Bowl. But I'm like, no, everybody who has the Chiefs against the Eagles is also using McCaffrey and Jamar Chase this week. So that's not going to do me any good. I had to use Purdy and Burrow because those guys will only be used by people who think those two teams will be in the Super Bowl. Why not Kittle? Uh, I actually am short Kittle. I, I mean, I'm only doing one. I may buy another one, but I, I would be short Kittle because Kittle went crazy, but with Purdy. But remember, Debo was out the whole time until last week, and it was that was like a blowout, and and Debo was just coming back. So I actually think you know if you look at like Kittle and Debo, like Debo and Kittle compete for the same kind of targets. Yeah, they're both like catch a short pass and run people over, um, and Kittle does more downfield stuff a little bit, but so does Debo on occasion. And so I think with Debo back, that cuts into Kittle a bit. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. 
Uh, and there are other really good tight ends in the playoffs too. That's your other thing. That's the other reason why there's a problem. I mean, if you look at the other tight ends out there, I mean, uh, first of all, you got Kelsey. A lot of people are going to be on Kelsey. That might be uh, a possibility. Hawkinson, a lot of people are going to be on. Andrews are going to be on this week at least. Uh, but the problem with like you know with Hawkinson and Andrews is how many games do they get? Goddard is another good one. You, there's no shortage of good good tight ends actually. It's it's kind of right. interesting. But let's just back up with the NFFC contest because it doesn't really matter how many games they get because you are you're trying to get a multiple on the most productive player on the team, sure. but but you're going to use you know Justin Jefferson for one game because you got to use somebody. I mean, you know Tyreek, you're going to use one of those guys that's one and done, and I count Justin Jefferson as one and done personally. Mm-hmm. But um, but but you know you you, yeah exactly. So uh, Pete sent me a funny email. Actually, I'll I'll get into that in a second. But, uh, but yeah, so to me, it's more, um, you know, who, if you're, if pick the teams that you think are going to make to the Super Bowl and then pick the players that could be huge in the Super Bowl. Cause the way the NFFC context works is the wild card round is they just get their points. The division round, they get double their points. The, uh, div- the championship game round, they get triple their points, Super Bowl, they get quadruple. So, if, so, and, and even if a team's on by like the, the, uh, Chiefs and Eagles, you, you just started double. So you still got quadruple in the Super Bowl. So basically like what you want is like when James White and like someone did have him, I think for the Patriots was getting quadruple points when he caught like 14 passes in the Super Bowl. Right. Um, you want to get a rare player that nobody else owns that's getting quadruple points at a, at a high level. And so like, you know, when I, if I think like it may be a Bengals uh, Niners Super Bowl, you know, I think Purdy will not be that high owned, even though the Niners are chalk because they have McCaffrey and Kittle you know, and so like Purdy's going to be loaned and, and quarterbacks, people want Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, you know, Burrow, Jalen Hurts. So I just think Purdy would be the guy if you think the Niners are going to win the Super Bowl, because if they do get there, then um, if it's McCaffrey, you still got to like be really good everywhere. But if it's Purdy, I think you're going to have a lot less competition. Yeah, um, that, that that's probably true. But then you got to kind of hope that okay, McCaffrey doesn't go off in the Super Bowl. Well, also. I may have him at 3X, you know, yeah. McCaffrey, and I'm on to Kittle until the, you know, the semis or something for 2X. But, you know, I, the, other, the, the problem with McCaffrey is Elijah Mitchell's good, and I think they're going to mix him in a bit, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. I, McCaffrey's still the top running back when he's healthy, but they, they give Mitchell goal line carries and stuff too. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, who do you have? If you have him going against the Bengals, well, the Bengals are actually pretty good against the run. And so that might be the other consideration too is, okay, well, maybe uh, if you beat the, it to beat the Bengals, they're going to have to throw the ball more. Um, so if, if you have them going in that matchup there, the, the, the problem is though, of course, if you face the bills, it's yeah, it's, it's probably like you need to run against the bills. Actually, eh, the secondary is pretty weak now too. And they don't have Von Miller. Eh, okay. I can see that too. Never mind. I, well, I have Burrow is my other, is my other QB and, so I, you know, Chase, I think is so good. He's completely healthy now. And mm-hmm. I, I just, you just, you know, watch him play as I'm sure you do. Um, but I just think everybody's going to have Chase at four X if the Bengals make the Super Bowl. Like, so. Especially um, just, now that Higgins missed practice today too. Yeah. So say Higgins, you know, is limited for a game or two, but say he's hundred percent in the Super Bowl and Higgins has the two touchdown, 175 yard game, which could happen. And, and Chase goes for like 80 in the touchdown or something. Um, then you're just really happy you have Burrow, you know, four X yeah. getting all of it. So, you know, in these contexts, it's kind of like these are kind of like NCAA pools where you know you can take four one seeds 
or, you know, two one seeds and a two and a three. But even if you get like three quarters of it, you still might not win because a lot of people have those same picks. But, you know, if you if you have a four seed winning it or a four seed in the finals, um, if that happens and you do pretty well, you don't have to do perfect. You just do pretty well and you win the whole thing. So I try to look at it like that. Like you want to like either win it or just be totally off base because being close means you didn't give yourself a good shot. Yeah, that's true. So anyway, what, what are you doing with the, with, with your teams? Do you have any, uh, uh, I'm going Ravens. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. And the thing is we're doing our, you know, how we always do the uh, draft on XM too. I'm doing that tonight too. So, uh, kind of have to figure out a lot here. I, I will probably, I, I'm, I'm going to do, I'm going to be a homer. Who am I, who am I crapping? I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Bengals on one side. I think maybe there's a little bit more value in trying to find the Eagle there, but I mean, it, we have to get 12 out of 14 this first round anyhow. So it's just a question of getting the first, you know, who you want your Forex player to be. So I think, yeah, I think Burrow is a logical one. I, I might go with like AJ Brown or something. Well, that's like what that. I have AJ Brown. Well, that's yeah. the luxury, right? Like, but, but that's the thing. I think if you really are like, okay, I think the Eagles are less chalky than they should be because they're the one seed and they were the best team until Hertz got hurt. Um, then Hertz would be the guy because I think, AJ Brown, there's so many receiver slots. Everybody's going to have AJ Brown in. Like, he's yeah. going to be like 85, 90% owned. So, even if you didn't think the Eagles were the team and they make the playoffs and Brown goes off in the Super Bowl, half the league is going to have him. So, mm-hmm. like, it, it's just I mean, not half, 80% of the people are going to have him because no one's going to drop him if the Eagles keep advancing. So, um, so maybe the, the, the pivot is to go to Smith instead or just go Hurts. I think Hurts. I mean, Smith could. I mean, Smith's had some big games, but I think Hurts actually is the, if you think it's the Eagles. Well, but then, especially because people might be shying away from him. He didn't run against the Giants last week. Uh, he didn't look that great. I didn't think he did, uh, at least. I mean, every time he had a chance to run, he chose not to. Uh, might be protecting that shoulder. There, there's a chance he's not 100%. So people might, he might be lower owned than you think. Yeah, I think Hurts will be low owned. I, because... I think Mahomes and Allen are going to be high owned. And then I think Burrow will have some ownership pretty high. And then I think that in the, in the NFC, um, NFC, the quarterbacks are really weird though, because you know, Purdy, I'm going with him, but like, you don't really, with Kittle and McCaffrey there, you don't really want to have Purdy. And then we just talked about Hertz. And then like, you know, I guess some people could own Dak. I mean, I think Dak might be a pivot because if the Cowboys were to get through Dak is the one, you know, Dak's almost certainly going to be getting a lot of points in that offense, you know, throwing to Pollard and CeeDee Lamb and everybody else. So that's kind of a, an interesting one, but I just don't believe in Mike McCarthy getting there does right now. Yeah. So everybody wants to fade the Cowboys, but everybody wants to fade the Bucks too. Uh, you know, yeah, exactly. I, I wanted to fade, but that's what I wrote my, my, yeah. I was like, I want to fade both these teams, but I can't, I got to pick one. Exactly. Oh, uh, and that's frustrating. Uh, if Dallas didn't lay such an egg in week 18, I think then maybe the you know Dak would be more widely used. I don't think he's going to be that widely used. I think everyone's like seven games in a row with an interception. Everybody knows that stat now. Everybody is paying attention. I didn't know until you told me. I uh, just yeah, most people know. They know he's been. You, know you said everybody that's paying though. attention. So you 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 know you you've been struggling. You know you've been paying attention enough to know he's been struggling. Though you know how badly he played against the Commanders. They had like well, seven I- three and outs in a row last week. Well, I actually, I actually think that's kind of game is sometimes good for a team before the playoffs. Like a game sure. didn't matter. Get your ass kicked. 
and then just kind of reset for the playoffs, um, you know, rather than losing a close game or, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I don't know. It just they're, they're going to be more focused. I think they're not going to take anyone for granted. You know, they're, they're favored uh, in Tampa, but, you know, they just got blown out by a team that's considered worse than Tampa. So they they're it just will focus everybody. I think it's kind of good that that happened. It makes me like the Cowboys just a tiny bit more. But I think, A, the defense isn't what it was. That defense was so nasty the first half of the season. It's yeah. okay. But, you know, the Texans moved the ball on them. Um, they, they just weren't that dominant in the second half. The, the team had no problem uh, last week. And, uh, and then, as you lead said, against Jacksonville, all these things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, so I, yeah. Um, I, I think it's interesting. But is, are the commanders worse than Tampa? Uh, maybe not. They're about equal. I mean, they're roughly I mean, equal. I think they're, like, pretty equal. You yeah. know, you know, you've got an idiot coach in Rivera who's like starting Carson Wentz the most important game of the season. Uh, but besides that, I mean, I, I, I think their defense is actually kind of legit. Yeah, it's uh, good. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's wild. I mean, it's just it, it's mind boggling to me that, you know, season on the line, they're in they're in the commanding seat for the playoffs. And hey, let's let's Carson Wentz. Oh, we could get eliminated. Oh, I didn't know that. What? That was, uh, you know, Wentz, unbelievable. Wentz is like bet against them if they have Wentz, bet on them if they had Heineke. And Heineke's not even good. It's just yeah. that he's Heineke, like, can make a play. He doesn't always choke it away. He'll they, occasionally get better with him, period. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yes, Heineke wasn't good against the Giants in the Sunday night game. But remember, there was still a crazy penalty call late in that game. Uh, that was that a non-penalty call right it was like it should have been a penalty and they didn't call no it. no the mclaurin thing though uh, you know where he's lining up at the goal line oh right right they call, but i think there was another play where they should have called a, yeah yeah there's there a couple they of didn't. quirky weird yeah. things now heineke made some terrible mistakes in that game uh and then the niners game they it's no shame to lose in the niners in san francisco i mean yeah again heineke is flawed but wentz is worse he was worse all year i mean the, the team didn't rally behind Wentz. they rallied behind heineke period Wentz has been like arguably the worst quarterback in the league for three seasons running. You know I mean? He's been, and I've watched a lot. I don't know why I, I might've had him in a fantasy league, but I, I mostly because, you know, I just would pick the games against the spread. I would watch. Right. And I just learned to, if, if Wentz was playing to go the other way. And uh, yeah, so I'm glad because the giants made the playoffs. I won a, uh, an over, I had an alternate over. I bet when we were in the circa over eight, I think the, the true uh, over under was seven. So I got plus two thirty on that. That was nice. And I still have the Giants at 70 to 1 to win the NFC, Jeff. They just need to win three games in a row. Can I get a nice 70? I think they're going to win on Sunday. I hate to say it to you. Oh, here. you agree? You agree, huh? Oh, I agree. I, I made them my best bet in staff picks. Um, sorry. Uh, uh, but, well, that's, that's very disappointing to hear. Yeah, I know. I know it is. But uh, so, I mean, the, Giant, the Giants should have won that last game. They had that blocked punt where they should have been going for it on fourth down, anyhow. Uh, the Vikings needed that miracle field goal to win the game after you know the Giants rallied so well. Uh, they got like that one penalty. They got that one play. Richie James had one of his. You know, Richie James is like such a polarizing player. He's uh, either playing very well or he's like the cause for your loss. He the Seattle game, the Minnesota game with that drop. Oh my goodness! There's another game too. Maybe Detroit. I forget where he was just terrible as well. Um, and he get, he gets hurt. And, it's like insult and injury every time he like shows up as a negative highlight. He gets hurt, and he's the cause for the loss. Yeah, he. I, I mean, one receiver is worse than the next. Like Slayton's okay. He's like a number yeah. four receiver on a good team, 
And then you got uh, Galladay, who's just something happened to him. He actually played all the snaps in the last game. I wonder if they're trying to work him back. What a Think catch of, on that touchdown, too. I, I didn't even. Where's that version of Kenny Galladay? Well, maybe they're trying to rehab him because, like, yeah. he's you know he was good, but it was several years ago, and he's been hurt, and he just lost all confidence. He dropped so many passes this year. And then you know they have like that guy Isaiah Hodgkins who played okay, yeah. But I mean he's not like. And then you know and they have James who's pretty bad. I mean it's really. You know, when, when I was I was talking, I think I talked about this with you. Like when they lost Daniel Bellinger, who's like a just serviceable pass catching rookie right. tight end, it was like a loss. Like they were like, that's like that's an important target for them, and that that was really said a lot. Uh, oh, I got to tell you this email that Pete sent me about Vikings Giants. Okay. So apparently, um, uh, they've discovered that the Giants. I mean, this is just like that DVOA shit that I don't really give a shit about, but it's just it's just noteworthy anyway. Uh, that the Vikings and Giants are like literally the two worst playoff teams of all time. The Vikings are the worst play, one of the worst playoff teams ever in DVOA, uh, but they're fourth overall this year, I guess, in Pro Football Focus uh, team grade. Giants are the worst playoff team in Pro Football Focus era with an overall team grade of sixty-eight point two, but significantly better than the Vikings in total and weighted DVOA. Oh, yeah, I, like I heard DVOA. the DVOA stat that like the Giants are like seventh and the Vikings are thirtieth in the last month. Oh, I love love DVOA. I, yeah, as I said. yeah. You and Dalton can can bond over that. <laughs> exactly, love He's it. A now. Big no. fan of DVOA. He loves DVOA. Dalton VOA. I think it's what it is. That's but. what it stands for. But uh, but the point is that um, that you know that those are funny stats. But like the Giants, uh, I mean, forget about last game because they didn't play any starters. They were at their net, you know, their net points was zero. Like they scored and allowed as many through. And the Vikings were negative until this Bears game. I think they came out slightly positive after beating, you know, the bat, you know, Nathan Peterman or whoever. Right. Uh, but like the Vikings were negative and the Giants were dead even. And it's a playoff game. So um, I understand why people don't think they're good. I, the Giants had so many key injuries, like offensive line and defensive backs. And I think Adoree Jackson might be coming back. Mm-hmm. I haven't looked at recently. Um, but, and now the Vikings have some offensive line problems. I think the Giants are going to win this game. I think Barkley's going to go off and, uh, and dimes. I think Danny dimes had a great season. Like I think he, given the receivers he had to work with, I think he like was like a borderline pro bowler. I mean, you look at the NFC, like Geno Smith, make it. I think Danny dimes was at least as good as Geno Smith this year. Makes you wonder, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny you say he's just as good as Geno Smith, the guy that was the, <laughs> yeah. the disgrace in New York that he actually even dared step on the field and break poor Eli's, sainted Eli's streak. But um, I, I, I think it's makes you wonder what would have happened with Dimes' career if it had been Dable and Kafka all along and not the, the clown show of Joe the Kafka-esque Dimes. nightmare. The, the, yeah. It's Kafka who's rescued him, ironically. But yes. Yeah, no, I mean, it was it was – you know what's what was that guy named Joe Judge? Oh. Joe Judge, who's now an offense the play caller for the Pats. Look how well that worked. I mean, Joe Judge was just terrible. And then uh, who's before him? It was Pat Shermer. And then Shermer was, had a good rep, though. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, Dable is like innovative. Like, he's really sharp. And mm-hmm. you know, they you know when teams were king on Barkley, they just killed them with those Danny Dimes read options. I mean, he would just run for eight yards every play. And be like, fine, take away Saquon. We'll keep doing this, you know, a hundred yeah. times. And, you know, the, the other coaches, they just didn't have that creativity to use them that way. And the offensive line this year was much better. Well, that's the other thing. Than yeah. it had been. Because Andrew yeah. Thomas. McAdoo's became, like, give me that offensive line. I'll show you who's yeah. coach. I mean, McAdoo <laughs> is truly terrible. Although he had the wisdom to sit Eli for the great Geno Smith. And I was the only Giants fan that recognized it at the time. But, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was bad, you know, on a lot of grounds. And I always, I got like a lot of shit on Twitter. Cause I always like defend Dave Gettleman. I don't think he's good, but like they, they act like he's the worst GM of all time. And he's made like, I'd say like three quarters of his moves were at least defensible and like half were actually good. And you see like Dexter Lawrence is like pro bowl and Andrew Thomas, like a pro bowl guy and Danny dimes in a weak quarterback class after Eli retired is actually good. And you're like, well, these are all these Gettleman players and they brought in Leonard Williams and he, you know, he brought in James Bradbury before he left. You know, most of the moves he made were good. I mean, he signed Kenny Galladay to a horrendous contract. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you got you to gotta own the bad stuff too. But this doesn't seem like a terrible guy who doesn't know what he's doing. He just said some uh, negative things about analytics for two seconds. And then, you know, it was like, oh, you said the wrong word. You're, you know, you're a pariah now, but uh, in certain circles. But I, I actually think it's how you say it too. I mean, it, it, it wasn't like they're even necessarily anti-analytics. It's just the way he said it too. how you phrase things are important because people, you know, people jump on him for that, but you know, yeah, every, every, every team has an analytics department of some sort. It's whether right. you, listen analytics, to I mean, everybody's doing analytics. It's just what kind of analytics, right? I mm-hmm. mean, in 1975, they were doing analytics. They were looking at tape. They were figuring right. out schemes. They were, you know, they were trying to counter what the other team was doing. It's not like, you know, those were just troglodytes and we're geniuses now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, it got more sort of data driven, I think is where the, where the shift happened, where it wasn't like, you know, I've noticed this. My sense is that it was like, it's data driven. It's how many times this happens, what's more likely to happen in this situation, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, as well as I do, Jeff, that that stuff can be biased too, because you're, you know, you're looking at, you're looking at a, you're putting in the inputs that exactly that have are limited. You might say, okay, this guy has 22 interceptions. And so blah, blah. But it might be that like he has an inordinate number of tipped interceptions or an inordinate number of interceptions on third and 15 that are 40 yards down the field, you know? So you can always kind of, you know, the, the stats that you think mean something sort of mean something. And then you go deeper and then you realize, Oh, well, actually I, we thought that was something, but now we know it's this. And so I, you know, I, I think like the key is to be, um, and the data is good. I mean, you want to look as much data as you can, but I think the key is to be like flexible and open-minded because, um, you know, the dogma of the old school guys who just believed it was always one thing and the dogma of the stats guys, those guys to me are more similar than the people who are a little bit more like, eh, I don't really care that this guy said this one thing about analytics or not. I'm kind of looking at how he's running this team, how adaptive he is under pressure, what's going right. on. But I got to say, that's a caricature too. Most people that are pro analytics aren't like, Oh, I'm seeking out people that said anti something anti-analytic. They're 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 out there, and Mario Puig will call them out for us. But for the most part, I think people are pretty measured. I I think so, but there's a camp of that. Just like there was yeah. a camp of guys who were like these fucking nerds. They've never played football in their lives. They don't know that there were there were people. Oh, and the, those camps still exist too. And of course, course that, it still yeah. exists. So in that, fact, so I that, feel like sometimes there is more of a push for that. I mean. Brandon Staley died for this. I mean, basically, uh, you know, now he's a broken man. He's, he's punting on fourth and inches and things like that. But um, yeah, I, Brandon I don't know. Staley though. I mean, that guy, I mean, that was, that was the counter example, right? They, they killed Gettleman and they hated uh, what's his name. Um, what's it, the Lions coach Campbell, yeah. um, Dan Campbell for uh, saying that crazy kneecaps thing, old school type of thing. But Campbell but he, was like super like analytic. He, he like, he's, He's going for it on fourth down. He's calling fake plays. He's, right. well, you know. But that's not necessarily analytic. He's just bold, right? He's not afraid mm-hmm. to, to um, that's true. That's 
That's to true. make an error. Uh, but which, you know, the old school guys were like, you always punt. You know, they, they had this like, oh, you naive fools. Like, how could you go for it? But, you know, he got shit too, and Gettleman. And, and, you know, and the thing is like, it turns out that like Dan Campbell's a good coach. And, you, and it really, it's just a terrible heuristic uh, to judge whether a guy's a good or a bad coach based on this kind of comment. Like, yeah. it doesn't mean, it, it, it doesn't mean he's a good coach because he, he rejected analytics. It doesn't mean he's a bad, it just has no, uh, correlation whatsoever. And then Staley was the opposite. He was like, Oh, I look at the analytics, but you know, to me, he's a bad coach. And what the hell is he doing? Even after Mike Williams got carted off Herbert and Keenan Allen and Eckler were still in the game. Keenan Allen was in the game, like scoring that touchdown that gave me a push against the spread. I'm like, dude, I have Denver minus three. Why in God's name are you leaving these guys in? Yeah, it's insane. And you know, the funny thing is, yeah, that leaving him in had leaving them in had nothing to do with the analytics. But I would it's I would say also like our interpretation of what football like football Twitter is, fantasy football Twitter is, is just like this weird sample that isn't really fully representative of football fans, let alone, you know, e- even like football, Twitter football. I mean, it's just that we you know, because we're in the fantasy space, we're exposed to more, you know analytic haunches more than any you know anybody else i mean I, I i think the common football fan doesn't feel the same way we do yeah probably not and you know i follow like so few people yeah. some of them are on mute i mean i i don't see much at all anymore you even mostly, muted yourself the other day i was pretty impressed I, I did i couldn't take anymore um but yeah i you know it's uh we don't we just see a small sliver of reality but um yeah but it just i just noticed like a lot of the the zealotry is, is not uh, ended up being very predictive. And, uh, and I'm, I'm happy the giants are in. I'm happy that uh, they, I, I'm surprised they never acquired a receiver during the year. That was one of the, they traded Tony, which I'm totally for now because even though he's a great talent, he was hurt again on the chiefs. It's like, I don't know if this guy can just get it together and like, just put together like four good games in a row, let alone a season. Um, so they got something for him, uh, but they traded him and they never really, dealt with this problem at receiver and now they're in the playoffs and it's just weird that they're going in with the receivers they have this was supposed to be a reboot year i mean the, the, i think dable's coach of the year uh yeah. I, oh i think for sure i mean there's a lot of good coaches a lot of guys did a yeah. good job I mean, there's a lot of good stories all that the guy is kind of funny you know we were talking about this on xm uh that mike you can't even bet on mike tomlin there are no odds for him you know and he was able to rally this team you know to get him to the nine and eight Dude, you know. you, they should have maybe made the playoffs. The, the Dolphins got that game-winning field goal. Yeah. On the, t- I don't know if you saw the horse collar tackle. Yes, I did. The guy touched uh, Waddle. It was, it wasn't it was like, like his collar. It was like his back. jersey back yeah. and grabbed his jersey, but then put his hand around the front and then tackled him forward. And just because his hand was on the jersey, they throw the horse collar flag. That get remember they had their third string QB. They couldn't move the ball all day. That gets them like borderline field goal range. They get a few more yards and they kick the game-winning field goal. Oh, I saw it, it all. Yeah. If they don't get that field goal, you know, I don't know that they that the Jets win because it goes to overtime, but Pittsburgh goes to the playoffs if Miami loses that game. Or even ties, right? Yeah. Or ties, yeah. Or ties, yeah. yeah. And, been... and then it takes Jason Sanders, who struggled from distance all year long. I think he was like one for five on 50-plus this year. Of course, he nails the game-winning 50-yard field goal. Uh, I think he had a 59 yarder earlier or something. He had a really long one early in the game. I got to, I got to look at it, but I think yeah, he had a, but it was, it was a pathetic game. And, you know, Miami's like dead team walking going in this playoffs. I mean, 
you know, they just declared Tua out again. It looks like it's going to be Skylar Thompson. The line jumped up to 13 now. Going into Buffalo. Yeah, I made the line. I made my lines. I made it 13 and a half, 14. I, yeah, I didn't think you Tua assumed was... it wasn't going to be. Yeah. I, 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 thought, I thought Bridgewater might play, though. And then, and then if it was Bridgewater, I thought it might be, you know, 11 or 12. But yeah. Or 13. I don't know. Maybe I assumed it might. But when it was nine and a half, I think they had to assume Tua was going to play, right? Yeah, how... that's what it would be with Tua. And, and Tua coming back from concussions and being compromised, you know. I, yeah. It, it, that was, you know. So, yeah. My, I mean, when you do the NFFC contest, you start looking at which team, two teams you're going to leave out. And I'm like, oh, I'm leaving out Seattle. Okay, no brainer. Then I'm like, oh, I'm leaving out Baltimore. There's no one to even play. I mean, you could play Mark Andrews, but that's a receiver slot because tight ends receivers go together. Yep. I'm like, who, who am I going to play in Baltimore with Baltimore? So then I'm like, okay, those are the two. But I'm like, but the Bucks. I don't really want to play any Bucks. And then I'm like, but the but Miami, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Miami. Like I'm like, I got to use two of these guys, you know. And, but your life, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Um, so let's talk a little Bengals. I mean, I. You know, we, we had our bet. Oh, by the way, I've got some bad news for you. I think you owe me a hundred bucks. Um, in yeah, our, okay. All right. As long as you remember, that's good in that Vegas league. Um, and then, uh, and then what else? And then, uh, the, uh, the Bengals, uh, I, in our, in our $20 bet, just for those four teams, I took the Bengals over the Eagles, which was kind of a controversial thing at the time. Now it would be I don't know, chalk, but like 50-50. Well, the fact that you easily chose the Niners over the Eagles was the upsetting part about that, I thought. That was when Garoppolo was healthy, by the way. Was it? I thought yeah. it might have already changed. I guess no. it was. I, I thought it was like, yeah, week 12, week 13 we did it. I think it was um, earlier. No, I think we, we were going to talk about doing it earlier and decided not to. But uh, okay. regardless, you did it well before San Francisco was the consensus like game, team to beat in the NFC, before the Eagles started their downturn at all. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles really didn't have a downturn except with Minshew. So that's the other dangerous thing about them is like yeah. they're the one seed and Hurts is back. But um, I, I thought that the Bengals, yeah, Bengals and I, obviously Bills Chiefs, everyone would have taken Bills Chiefs. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think the Bengals Niners were the, were the choices I had to make. And I think the Bengals, I mean, I don't want to jinx them, Jeff, but uh, because not that I care except for my uh, playoff pool, but I think they're, I mean, it, the the Bills really, I mean, got screwed by that whole situation because not only they have to play the extra game against Miami, which they're going to beat Miami. I mean, there's a eight percent chance or ten percent that you know six percent chance that Miami wins, but which is real, right? I mean, it's NFL, but you know they're pretty much going to beat Miami. Um, but they got another game of wear and tear. You know that they, you know, the Chiefs get to rest. Yeah. Then they got to play, presumably, Cincinnati because Lamar doesn't look like he's playing. I mean, again, they could lose. Ravens are well coached. I think that's a little more dangerous. But, you know, I definitely want to play the winner of Jacksonville Chargers than the Bengals. I mean, that the Bengals is like 50-50. Like, Burrow's dangerous. That's a dangerous – like, if you're the Bills, like, the Bills may lose their second game, and that's it. You know, I mean, I think this is yeah. a, a dangerous game. It is. It is. Well, and I honestly, Bengals Ravens, I mean, is dangerous a little bit too, although it looks like Lamar is not going to play. He didn't practice again today. He hasn't practiced like 38 days. So uh, I, I have a hard time seeing him play with so little practice time. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, but I, I didn't want to, I, you know, I thought the three seed was death a little bit there because then you have to, you know, at one point it looked like it was going to be the Chargers. I didn't want to face the Chargers, although maybe face. You didn't want to face the Chargers? I would love to face the Chargers. Chargers or the Ravens, though? Who would you rather face? Oh, the Ravens without Lamar, for sure. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. But then, 
yeah, then you, yeah, then you got to go to Buffalo. I mean, it's, they, and yeah, you know, I think the Bengals, Bengals fans, Bengals, and maybe even the Bengals themselves need to kind of get over things a little bit too much. They're, they, they're complaining about like having like the indignity of having to do the draw with the Ravens had they lost that game. Well, just don't lose that game. Um, you know, and then, you know, they didn't have a chance of getting the second seed because the game got stopped. They didn't get a chance at the one seed. There was no path to them getting the one seed. Uh, now the chiefs won anyhow, so it wouldn't have mattered, but still, you know what, all season long, they've been doing this whole, like, you know, we stop complaining about the schedule. They have to play us. They, they yeah. need to keep that mentality. That's the mentality that works. Don't, yeah. don't have this grievance going on here. Just move past that. Um, yeah, I think the yeah, I hear you. I think the Bills have a bad grievance though, because they beat the Chiefs. No, the head Bills to head. do. Yeah, Bills do. They, the Bengals yeah. still too, but yeah, I mean, but the Bengals, yeah, it's a little bit. But as you said, the yeah, Chiefs the Bills won. Were the one seed and two versus three. It sucks that it's in Buffalo, right? Yeah, but they would have had to win in Buffalo to make it so that they weren't in Buffalo. So they get, if, if you say, well, if we just won in Buffalo, we would have had this, well, just do it now. And it won't matter. No, no, no. That game was in Cincy. The game oh, was it was in Cincy. Time. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, but regardless, I mean, and yeah, I mean, the bills lost their first seed because of all this too. I mean, they might've lost the Bengals. They might've beaten them, you know, and they had, they beaten the Bengals and the chiefs, they would have been like number one with a bullet in terms of the seedings go. Uh, instead they're number two, but at well, least they're going to, at least if they play the chiefs, they get a neutral field. So there yeah. is that. There's uh, that. But but the bill, yeah, that's the thing. It was a 50, it was like a minus, like the Bengals were like one point underdogs. It was very, it's like 50-50 game, pretty much. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. So and meanwhile, so, the Chiefs are the beneficiary to all of this. Oh, yeah. I mean, because yeah, because right, yeah, for sure. And 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 I guess if the Bengals had won that game, the Chiefs are losing though, too. They have a little bit of a grievance because if the Bengals win, which was 50-50, and the Chiefs win, which they did then the Chiefs would be playing an arrowhead in the championship yeah. game. Now they got to go to a neutral field. Um, I think that part of it's fair. I think the part where the Bills got screwed is they beat the Chiefs head-to-head exactly. and they have to play an extra game. Mm-hmm. The, the neutral field is not a bad solution, yeah. although it's not, it's not great for the fan, Like, you know, the arrowhead fans or the Buffalo fans, you know, that's – a bit of an so which of those thing. three teams are you on? Uh, like, who do you think the Bengals? I, I mean, you got to be on the Chiefs just because the other two play each other, right? Mm-hmm. I think that I, I, I do think that, like, I mean, obviously, the Chargers or Jaguars could beat the Chiefs, it's not like impossible, yeah. but that line will be like eight and a half, nine, depending on how that game goes. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, having to, I, I like the Bengals, though. I, I don't know, I mean, Josh Allen is pretty good. Um, and the Bills are well coached, but Burrow just seems like he's just like got a little bit of Brady in him, you know, and he's younger and more athletic now. And he's just got that like doesn't give two shits. Like, uh, he's just, I was going to say the moment's not too big for him. No. And if they go to, and if the, if it is Bengals Chiefs, it would be an arrowhead. And that obviously we they've done that before. Um, so I, I think Chiefs would still justifiably be favored, but uh, at the same time, you know, it's not going to be like, oh my God, what do I do? You know, the eyes aren't going to get all wide. They know that he knows that, you know, and that, that that's something you like. You know, I just I wanted to be I want the team to be healthy going into that game if it if it comes to that. Yeah, and the Chiefs have flaws, right? Like the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, you know, Kelsey's still really good, but they don't really have playmakers that they can rely on. I mean, there's like. Juju. The wideouts aren't very good. Yeah, Tony, Juju, MVS. Those guys aren't really reliable. And then, you know, McKinnon's been kind of a fine down the stretch. Mm-hmm. But, like, they don't, they don't really have great skill players besides Kelsey. 
Um, and Mahomes is obviously a wizard and the defense is decent, but it's not like all world defense. So right. this is not like such a scary team. You know, Butker has been kind of um, inconsistent this year too. So I, I, I'm fading the Chiefs. I mean, I, obviously the Chiefs, if you're just like, okay, everything being equal, I would take the Chiefs probably because they're not, because the, the Bills and Bengals are going to knock each other out, one of them. So that's a huge, you know, either of those teams have to beat two elite teams and the Chiefs only have to beat one. But, uh, but given the fact that people uh, are on the Chiefs, I think, because of Mahomes, I am fading them relative to the market is how I would put it. Yeah, and you're not going to take Mahomes, basically, on this NFFC contest, basically. No, I'm not. And, and that's also part of why I took Burrow and Purdy is that if I use Chase, then I'm kind of back into Mahomes, and I have the same lineup that everybody else does. And then even if it goes sort of my way, then I've got to be perfect. You know, just it's again, it's like the taking the top three seeds and, uh, you know. Well, and that's a smarter way to go if you're predicting a, 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 a tri match, a rematch for Bengals Niners in the Super yeah. Bowl because you don't run against the Niners. So you don't take Mixon. Um, it is your pivot to get away from Chase either. I mean, you, you definitely go with Burrow. I can see that. Yeah, I mean, real man goes Higgins, but I'm not, I'm not willing to do it. Is right. my, uh, you know, but it could. You never know. It's th- it's a few games, you know. And th- there was a game last year where Higgins had like 200 something yards. Higgins had the big touchdown in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, against Ramsey. Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy to think if the if Burrow and the Bengals made the Super Bowl back to back years in a, in a conference with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. That's pretty sick, right? To get yeah. through twice. Exactly. So the NFC's soft, relatively speaking. All right, let's pivot quickly to some baseball. Um, I, this is, I, I don't know if this is like big, you know, I'm not really, but I don't know if I'm going to do baseball this year. I'm on what? the fence. Yeah, I just, you know, like the last couple of years and especially last year, and my teams were decent last year. I didn't cash, but I was like in fourth and third and fifth, like most of the year in the uh, main event. And I had uh, a beat Chris list that was in third and, the top two teams, Rob DiPietro, uh, Anthony Gillette, were ahead of me most of the time. But I was right there. I was a couple spots behind them. And that was a team. Well, that I got Tatis in the fifth, which was a reach, and he, he never played. What, you, know, I had a, you know, I had a draft champions that was ended up in like fourth or fifth, and it had Tatis as the 1.1. 1. 1, you know, it's like that. Mm-hmm. That hurts, you know. Um, but they weren't terrible. So it wasn't like a miserable year like two years ago. It was okay, but <clears throat> I really resented and dreaded the Sunday nights and I didn't even like the Monday nights and sometimes Tuesday nights and the Friday nights, like I'd be out and I'd be like, shit, I gotta like, I gotta remember to set these, you know, and I gotta look. And then by like August, I was like looking through these free agent lists and I was just sorting by at bats for the last two weeks or one week. Cause I wasn't like, I'm not going to research all these guys on the pirates or whoever the hell. And I was just like, I'm spending all this time talking about them with me. Like you normally would be. You know, it's funny with football. I think it helped not to be talking about everybody. I told you, we talked about this that like, it, oh, well, why do people like Cortland Sutton? Oh, well, because da, 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 da. And then all of a sudden you're drafting Cortland Sutton two weeks later and you're like, why right. the f- I don't want Cortland Sutton. Why did I right, get talked right, right. into this? Because we talked about him and we made the case for him and then it got into my head. It was not even my argument. But, uh, but baseball, you're right, because there's so much to know and keep track of that just talking about it just forces me to like during the show, look up guys and, and I'm more on it. And so last year I didn't have that. And I just felt like, I don't know what the fuck's going on in actual baseball. And I'm trying to, I know my fantasy team because I check the box scores every day and look at what my guys are doing. But like, I'm not like really up on this. And then I'm trying to like- Watching baseball. Maybe maybe two innings at, you know, uh, midnight for half an hour, you know, 40 minutes, um, some nights. And I just was like, 
this is just a chore. And I'm not, I don't, I don't feel good about it because I don't feel confident in my choice because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm just sorting by at bats and been like, eh, this guy, he, he's playing. He looks like he's, you know, drawing a couple walks and hitting some home runs. I'll just put him in. And it's not, a, you know, it, there's worse ways to do it, but it's not as good as somebody who's paid attention, you know, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it would suck if you don't do it uh, and you, you're going to miss it. But then again, I, you won't I, miss I, the grind. You'll miss, though, like checking those standings when you have a good team, the main event especially. Um, you'll you'll want to be able to talk baseball, I mean, all summer. I mean, you should have at least one iron in the fire. Play like an online championship at least. Yeah, um, I, I could do one. I mean, maybe. And those are easier. Like like the main event is – I mean, Shu did most of our moves, but once, sometimes you'd be like, I'm off this week. I'd be like, shit, I got to deal with yeah, this. It's that, tough. You it's got, a 26-week grind. I get it. And you got to go a lot deeper in the main event. Like in, in, the, in yeah. the 12, you can kind of just – yeah, it's no, 12 then. Yeah, but then I end up with three or four of them, and it's still such or a just short play draft champions. Just do Willie. Yeah, I, met, I left the Grom the week he came back and had two wins and like on my bench because the thing was, I had so many injured guys and I didn't notice that he was, you know, it's just well, all that just, stuff. But that's one mistake one time. I mean, come on. That's Don't a grave that mistake. That's a grave it mistake. Is. I made a couple. I made a couple like that. I but, understand, but. The, the problem is, right, just be better. But the problem is, how do you be better? Well, you have to have a routine. You have to be on it. And yeah. to be on it is something that's a pain in the ass for me now. And I feel like um, I hate not, I'm too competitive to do a shitty job. I, I just get pissed at myself. I'm just like, this sucks. Like, I missed this move. I fucked it up. I left the Grom. Now, luckily, that team finished like ninth. It was my worst team. And if I had done everything right, maybe it would have finished sixth. They wouldn't have made mm -hmm. any money. Right. But like, it just pisses me off. Like I can't just be like, oh shit, I left two starts at DeGrom when he came back because I just forgot that I had him because that team, I had written it off and I had seven teams or whatever. I just don't like it, you know? And so I'm like, I can't half-ass it. And so I either have to go like all in and be like, okay, I have to like set up a system in place where I'm going to do research every day and have like an actual system that I'm committed to uh, of doing everything or I can't do it. You know, there's a third choice. There's a third choice, which is get an intern, you know, somebody <laughs> and pay for, I pay for all the entries and they caught me a few and I pay for others. And then we split the winnings, you know, in some measure, you know, depending on how good this guy is, how much he's willing to work. Yeah. 50, 50, 75, 25, whatever, but he pays nothing. And I find the right guy to just do all the moves. Cause I can do the research for the draft still. I don't mind that. And I don't mind. And I love drafting. So I would do that. It's just, I don't, I have no interest in the grind. And, and it's not just this. It's not just that. Baseball's gotten worse for fantasy. Uh, it, it used to be a better game 10 years ago. And because the, the, the win is, is getting fucked, the save is getting fucked, the closer is going in the second. It, it's, it's becoming more, um, the, the game that was invented in the 70s to take advantage of the categories that they invented is not keeping up. It's not the same game anymore that it's derived from uh, the way they score those things. And I think it's becoming a slight, maybe just because I'm frustrated because I've, you know, been sort of checked out and it's been annoying to me, but I don't think it's as, is like, I think it's much more about the hustle and figuring out all these clever, like matchup things. And then the other thing is the Joe Madifick, Joe Madifification, the raisification of the league where, oh, now everybody plays 142 games, not 155. Everyone's sitting on platoon splits. Everybody's. Yeah, that's harder. Yeah. It's just, it, to me, like, I don't, that's not fun for me to like figure out the weekend platoon bullshit. Like, I just wanted to be like, 
this is an undervalued player at the draft. This is overvalued. This is who's the type of player who could blow up. You know, this is a hunch I have about this guy. This is what I liked, you know, when I got into it. And now it's become this like very detailed, tedious grind of minutia that I don't have an interest in. You know, I, I think this is a microcosm of the game as a whole. People are having a hard time seeing that teams are optimizing so much. Um, it, it isn't necessarily the make doesn't necessarily make for the most presentable game. I mean, there's been some pushback on that. And with the new rules, like the, the anti-shift rule this year, with maybe they're trying to, you know, the base rule and the, the number of throws. And I think some of that's fake and artificial. And I think that cr- creates other problems, but um, I think they're trying to generate more action, but you know, some things you can't put the genie back in the bottle on. I mean, the, the, the biggest problem is it's just they're not making enough contact. I think that's still the biggest problem in the game is that too many pitchers are throwing 95 with movement, you know, and, you know, their battle of the strike zone is so difficult. Yeah. Do you think with the shift now, though, being limited, that people will opt for more contact rather than swinging from their heels uh, because putting the ball in play won't be so worthless? Like, that you'll I... be like, I, I maybe a little bit. I don't think there's a, I don't know how pronounced the swing from the heels effect really truly is. I, I think, yeah, maybe the, the uppercut portion of it a little bit there, but it's hard. I mean, it's a hard, it's not, people always say just slap the ball the other way. It's not that easy with the way pitches. I mean, the development of pitchers and the, the, the increase in velocity, velocity has gone up every year for like the last 15 years, 20 years. They throw throw so much harder now than they used to. You know, like everybody points to like, oh, you know, Tony Gwynn never struck out like this. Well, Tony Gwynn didn't face pitchers like this. Wade Boggs didn't face pitchers like this. Um, Yes, they are superior contact hitters to today, players of the day, regardless. But they they would have found it challenging. They they absolutely would have. Um, And teams, even without the shift, are going to be, you know, the, the pronounced shifts, they're still going to position their players still more more intelligently than they did back then. We have more data, period. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm actually I don't really mind the shift. Actually, I think like I, I'm sort of like put everybody in between first and second base if you want. Yeah. I just think it's kind of like that's part of the strategy. But it is interesting the way optimization works. Like if you're the only one optimizing, you have a big edge. Then when everyone optimizes, then nobody has an edge until you find a different optimization. Right. But now the game, if it suffers is collectively now there's nobody benefiting anymore because everyone's caught up. You had like a window where you benefited and the game's worse for the fans. And I'm not saying it actually is. There's a perception that it might be people might differ on that, but um, yeah, the the pitchers throwing harder and faster that, you know, they talked about moving the mound back. Right. And stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then you end up having all these pitchers blown out their arms, throwing 99 uh, and for no advantage because the mound's back six inches or a foot. And, and now they just are where they were 20 years ago. Um, yeah. But, you know, just everything's changed a bit with it. And I think you can't tell teams not to optimize. Right. I mean, I, I mean, I think yeah, you can change, you right. can change rules, but as much as I uh, sort of mock the analytics zealots, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with looking at, you know, hey, we're th- this is some advantage we can take and play this right. angle. I think that's your job, right? As a GM, if you're not doing it, it's kind of malpractice, right? You're supposed to be doing that. Uh, but it's just interesting how the collective effect of that can make the whole game worse. Um, and it's not, you know, it's an unintended consequence of everybody optimizing. Yeah, it's debatably worse too, though. You know, yeah. that, 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 it's not all like 
everything look is terrible because of this. I mean, we have some, you know, some amazing players right now. It's just incredible young talent that, and they're in better shape than they've ever been, you know, things like that. They, they just, I mean, the, the level of athleticism is actually really high in the game. It's just, they don't always get to demonstrate it. Yeah. Baseball, you know, it's funny because, you know, NBA, NFL, that's where the athletes are, right. In baseball, you know, you don't have to be like a crazy athlete to be a baseball player, but you're starting to get guys with like some real, yeah, athletic. You know, guys who have like some real snap in their, yeah. in their, you know, it's a, a Tatis and Acuna guys. and guys like that. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, these are like good athletes. It's not just like, yeah. you know, a bunch of softball players anymore. You don't have that fat tub of goo, uh, like the comment like David Letterman made about Terry Forrester. I mean, that's just you don't have too many of those type of guys, and you certainly don't have that many field position players that are like that. Yeah, pitchers maybe can get away with it a little bit, but uh, yeah, I, I mean. Uh, I, I still like baseball and you're right. I, if I don't do it and I'm not saying I'm not doing it yet, but I've just like, yeah. I just don't want to have acid and I will miss it. I, fantasy baseball. I think at least as it was, it was the best fantasy sport. I mean, fantasy football I'll always do. Cause it's so easy. I can just do it. Like it just, it just requires so little, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you pay attention, but it's so easy. I guess Sunday is a bit of a grind, but I'll do it once a week. Right. Um, and I'd probably be watching some anyway. Um, but I think, I think baseball, um, is the best fantasy sport as it used to be, but it, I, it's too much. And then you have great players, you know, the Phil Dussos and these guys like grinding and uh, very, you know, they're also very good. I, I would like to compete with those guys on the, you know, on the sort of predictive stuff and who's going to have a good year and who's undervalued, who's overvalued. Um, but I don't want to, I don't want to deal with, you know, they're also applying that to like who to start on the weekend and the best strategy for, um, you know, roster management for these, you know, these, uh, the weekend hitting switches and platoons. And I just, I don't know. I just, I sort of was like, okay, you guys go run with it. Like I'm, I'm out, you know, it's too much. Sure. I can see that. I mean, I, and I understand too. I mean, and especially where you're at time zone wise detached from everyone, it makes it harder too. the fact that free agents run overnight for you. I mean, it's like, if there's any late breaking things, you're not going to get them as readily. Uh, that, that sucks. I get that. I get all that. You know, what's funny is, is I actually like being here because of my, you know, midnight is the deadline usually. Yeah. And that's a great time because at 1130, I, you, it sucks when there's a late game and the fucking Rockies won't put out their lineup and they start at 2am and I'm like <laughs> right. fucking 1231. I'm trying to get, I need sleep. And right. I'm like, I'm waiting for the stupid. That's another thing. But actually where it really fucks me is when I'm back in LA and I'm back in your time zone and it's like, you know, I'm at like Heather's dad's beach club and everyone's like having a, a bloody, you know, a margarita or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I got to take my computer to the back area um, and like do two hours of moves, you know, because it's Sunday night. That, that's it's actually Portugal's good for the, the you time. Know, so, you know, Toby Batflip crazy, uh, you know, he always d- starts his fab on Saturday night. Yeah. So that way he doesn't, you know, he can do this, this Sunday family activity and, you know, he'll, you know, catch on latest news and all that and you know, all that, but do a lot of the legwork when everybody else is asleep. That's the whole key to that when you're back, at least here. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. In LA, it's, it's tough. You're going to come back same time. You're going to come back for the Rotowire uh, conference in Vegas, and then we'll do steak dinner after that. I don't know yet. Uh, it is possible. Uh, I want to go to it. Um, last year was just perfect. We were like in Colorado going to LA and I was like, this is just perfect, right? Go to Vegas. Yeah. Um, but uh, I would say 75% chance I'll right. be back. I, and, and I definitely, since I'm a buyer in the stake league, 
Better go. Um, yeah. I'm going to have to go and face the music. It would be well, very least... cowardly of me after what I did last year right. not to face the music. Yeah, well, and you might, you're going to be writing the check regardless, so you might as well enjoy it, right? Oh, that's right. And, you know, I have uh, Paul Martinez, who's the double buyer. as, And it's unfair because he was the top guy. He won the league last year and couldn't, couldn't, make, the only the couldn't make the dinner. Yeah, I know. And now he's got he's double buyer. And the thing is, like, but, you know, nobody has really any beef with him. Their beef is with me. Right. And, but he's literally. like a human shield. He's, yeah, he's literally. <laughs> and he's a human shield for me because they don't want to, like, sting him with a $500 bill. So, you know, anything they take out on me is just going to be doubly taken out on him. So uh, I feel bad for him, but he, he serves as a human shield. I mean, between you and Len buying. Yeah. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> yeah. well, well, Len, well, Len is a self buyer. And, you know, that, yeah, that, that game, that's that's, yeah. that, 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 that game, that game, you know, that was canceled. I had Jamar Chase and I decided to pick up Logan Wilson for that game. Yeah. And so that might've been the difference between me and Len being a self fire. Well, but I remember Len caught me on the last day last year. So, uh, yeah. yeah you're gonna, and and you're reminded me a few times. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Hey, karma's, karma's a bitch, man. It, it yeah. just is. And then it'll, you know? it'll circle back on me next year or the year after or whatever. And cause it, the wheel goes around for everyone almost. I mean, you, I know you, less often for you than most. But... Very rarely. So enjoy while you have a chance to make, uh, I was the double buyer once in like what, 20 years, I think. Yeah, so. Well, Emphasis on the word rare again there too. So yeah. rare beefs. We exactly. Go. I'm going to get some. All right, man. Well, thank you for coming on. Sure. Um, people were asking for it and uh, hope you got your fill of uh, the old, uh, what was our show called again? Fan- Rotowire Fantasy Sports Today. Is yeah. it still called that? Yeah. Or just Rotowire. Yeah. You know? yeah. Rotowire. Yeah. We, I got used to saying that so much, right? But I was like, we didn't really like that name. That was just given to us. Rotowire yeah. Fantasy Sports Today. It's like Roto News Direct. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it wasn't that bad, but yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so it is what it is. But anyway, uh, take it, anything you want to uh, promote. There's like you know, 20 people going to listen to this. So, yeah, draft uh, kits up for baseball right now, and I, I just wrote an article, baseball article. I'm going to try to write another one today, but uh, you know, write write a lot of shorter articles. I think, and our you know, James Anderson's coming up with prospect rankings on Monday. The latest reiteration of that. So, rotowire.com/free. You know the deal. Check Free trial. Out. Check it out. It's a good site. I know that site. All right. Yeah. All right, man. Take it easy, Jeff. All right. Peace.